Schmarketing Part 2. All right, I did say there were going to be funny jokes in the second part. You guys ready for some more British humor? No? I can go through these slides. How about this one? Uh, I don't want to get technical or anything, but according to chemistry, alcohol is a solution. <laughs> alcohol, because no great story started with someone eating a salad. How about that one? What's that? I know, I know. Here's my one for Brian Sexton. Is it something we should know, Dan? No, actually, uh, there's a funny story with this one. There's a funny story with everyone. I only uh, drink in five foreign countries. I don't drink in the United States. I don't drink in the UK. I only drink in five foreign countries, right? Um, it's a long story. Uh, the official sunblock of Ireland. Where's Brian Sexton? Anybody? Yep, Brian. I know. I know. Is that funny? <laughs> All right. And here's uh, some clue of humor for the mathematicians in our... Uh, Thing. I know, I know, I know. All right, uh, I mentioned I'm a blogger. In uh, 2015, I wrote this blog article, Always Be Closing is Dead, How to Always Be Helping in 2015. I sold for UpSpot two times, the first time for 12 months when I first started, the second time in 2015. And when I went back into the funnel to uh, directly sign up uh, customers, I realized there was a huge change. In the early days, right, um, salespeople were in control. In 2015, it was very clear that um, uh, the customer was in control. And what I wanted to do is monitor my sales process and improve my sales process so it was very um, uh, evident that I would give control to the salespeople. So I would call them up, right? I would track people down, four calls, four emails. We didn't have video email back then, but uh, I would professionally pursue them. I would pick up the phone. I'd say, this is Dan from HubSpot. And he'd be like, what? Who? Because I speak a little quickly, and I'd laugh. I'd cackle. <laughs> this is Dan from HubSpot, right? And they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, HubSpot. Half people would understand. Half people would say, who, what? And I'd say, how are you doing today? Right? And they'd be, okay, I'm doing okay. And then um, I would say, what were you looking for help with? Right? And this whole process of uh, helping people, right, to earn their trust, was uh, very much in the mainstream and is exactly uh, what works today. Right, a couple of the comments in the break. Uh, some people have difficulties explaining to their senior management that this is the way to go. How many people are in that boat? Right, so th that's the reason I wrote the book, right? The Inbound Organization helps you understand how to convince your senior managers that this is the future, right? Everybody wants to grow, not everybody wants to change, right? Practicing inbound is a competitive advantage. I tell CEOs of organizations, if you have more than 10 people in your sales organization, you go back this afternoon, you can wait till tomorrow if you'd like, you take the two least performing reps, you fire them, you take that money and you give them to marketing, right? Because if you're not producing content, if you're not optimizing your website to bring the leads to the yard, there's no way the greatest salesperson in the world cannot overcome that disadvantage. I tell marketers, if you're not practicing inbound marketing and your senior management doesn't want to, you ask them two things. Ellen and I were talking about this. Um, number one, um, it's not easy. It takes time for them to understand that inbound is a philosophy. To practice inbound, you need to 
be inbound. And they have to understand the uh, option of helping people as a competitive advantage. Right? Uh, who was telling me about their company where it was our, oh, it was Tazy. Tazy was saying, no, they, they want to do what they've done for the last 30 years. And they, uh, they can. That's their uh, prerogative as senior managers. The problem with that is that it doesn't give you any advantage. And what everybody in this room ostensibly is looking for is either a competitive advantage or what I find is an unfair advantage, right? Everybody wants an unfair advantage. Inbound, to a certain extent, provides that. If you lean into helping people, right, we have the proof that uh, you'll build trust and at, at the very least they'll be on the uh, you'll be on the short list when they make a um, customer selection. I tell marketers, if your senior managers aren't getting it, quit and go find somebody who is practicing inbound because this is the future. The reason why it's a great time to be a marketer today is because, or a marketing agency, is because marketing is now scalable, right? You guys know there's hard to find developers in the UK, right? And developers have these escalating salaries because they write the code once you use it multiple times. Today, a good piece of content is just like code, right? This blog article has driven over 2,000 HubSpot customers. It's one of the top 70 blog articles on all the HubSpot blog, right? And it, it, it says always be helping in 2015. If you see it today, it was updated 2016, 2017, 2000. You'll see it for the next 18 years, right? Because it still applies, Right? I tell salespeople, if you're not getting inbound leads, quit. Right? Because the calling, like it's saying the same thing 100 times a day, it doesn't work in 2018. We have the statistics. If you get inbound leads, now it's completely different. Now you're talking to people who are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember I downloaded that piece of information. That's very, very important. Right? And this is the basis for the uh, schmarketing approach. Right? It, it, it's no longer up to us. The uh, marketplace has spoken. And unless people are going to go back and not use social media and or search as the front part, as actually the front 65 to 85% of their sales process, then you have to lean into this. Right? Uh, one other thing in uh, keeping with my uh, vision of trying to do the most good for the universe, sometimes I'll go talk with your senior management team. I have no problem picking up the phone and doing a Zoom meeting. Everybody use Zoom in the audience? Right? Yep. Everybody likes Zoom? Zoom is great, right? Great audio, great video. They can see me. They can see the gray hair, right? If I have to put on a tie, just coach me. And I'm happy to come like dressed like them and explaining over the last 40 years, right? There's a huge difference in the last 10, right? Uh, the percentage of people, what do, what do you think is the percentage of people? I, I'll throw out a t-shirt on this one, all right? So concentrate. The percentage of people who are practicing inbound marketing in the UK. Two percent. Anybody else? Anybody else? Is this like the Price is Right? Do you guys have the Price is Right here? It's up to, but you can't go over. All right. Anybody else? Twenty sixteen. That's. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm confused. No, 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 no. Uh, who said ten percent? All right. Give that gentleman a T-shirt. Uh, it's actually twelve percent. Right. Twelve percent. All right. They're not all using HubSpot. You can exchange it for a bigger one if you need it. It's, uh, it's not everybody who's using HubSpot, right? Um, but the whole idea now moving forward is what we call the code funnel, right? So when I get to the free gifts, I'm giving you all free stuff that you can bring back to your sales organization that will distinctly and effectively increase their productivity. All right, so the three things we talked about in the first part of the, uh, organ uh, the, first part of the presentation is goal setting, SLAs, and lead quality and handoff. 
Goal setting is important because when you leave this room, I want you to go back to your senior managers. I want you to say, what is our goal for generating revenue in 2018, right? Or if we're just finished with the year in the new year, you want to understand where you're going to finish at. You want to understand if you're up, down, or flat, right? And then you want to uh, know the goal for next year, right? Everybody should have a goal. If they don't have a goal, then you create one. Right? And that goal is a revenue goal, and it's also a percentage increase goal. Right? And then you backtrack to understand how many net new customers you need. Right? There's two ways to get customers. Number one, upsell current customers. We call that client engagement. Right? And in today's world, all businesses are at risk. Right? Does everybody have good fit customers that they have great relationships with they love? Right? Yeah, everybody has those, right? And uh, that is your key competitive advantage against the best transactional companies in the world, right? The Walmarts, the Amazons, those guys are awesome at transactional kind of stuff, right? What smaller businesses are really good at understanding that people, that human kind of stuff, that inbound kind of stuff. Your competitive advantage is creating these personal relationships, right? So that uh, people will do business with you even if you're a little bit more expensive. If you can do that, that human type of focus, right? Just think if you have three of those great relationships, what would happen if you had 15, right? That means you can uh, fire some of the marginal customers, right? That means you can lean into those customers, right? And so we were talking a little bit about with Isabel, a little bit about how you approach this, right? With the goal setting, what you want to do is you want to pick a particular niche, right? So this is very hard for many uh, entrepreneurs, right? But the riches are in the niches. You guys ever heard that? I know, it's a good one, isn't it? I like that. Yeah, I know. The, the, and it, this is a difference in the last two years, right? It used to be you could sell to everybody, right? In the first 30 years, we sold to everybody because you could sell to everybody. In 2018, you can't. Unless you're targeting a very specific demographic and persona, right? If you're selling to Cluid, you want to sell to agencies in London with at least five employees, that are focused on life science that want to grow 50% a year, right? And when you say that to Cluid, all of a sudden, Cluid is thinking in his frontal lobes, yeah, that's me. In his lizard brain, he's going, oh my goodness, this is a, a, a person who understands who I am, right? And so it's not about you, it's about understanding that niche and that exasperation customer that I had in uh, slide two or three, right? to focus on that very small niche. If you can dominate that niche, right, with a stronger market share, it's easier for you to build that, um, like, uh, industry knowledge. It's easier for you to share that. It's easier for you to have the common vocabulary, right? And so the goal setting has to be very, very specific on the type of companies that you have. In the sales process, we call that identify and connect. There's two parts to the prospect, and we used to call it prospect. The first is identify the right good fit customers, and the second is connect with them effectively. All right, so when you do your goal setting, you're going to understand uh, specifically the type of uh, customers you're going to bring on. And then the SLA, right, once again, an SLA is both in marketing and sales, right? You marketing folks have to deliver a certain number of leads, a certain number of MQLs, a certain number of SQLs. If you don't know what that is, Right? You start with the number, uh, the revenue that you have to increase back into the number of customers and then you segment. Typically your SQLs are going to be about 2% of the total lead generation. Your MQLs are going to be 8 to 12% and everything else is going to be a lead. Right? And you're responsible for delivering that either on a monthly and a quarterly basis. 
and you're judged with dashboards every single day. You could do it in the HubSpot CRM, you could do it in Salesforce, you could do it in Zoho, just set up the dashboards so you understand where you are against your lead goal. The harder part is getting to get salespeople to follow up and to ensure that they're calling in the right metrics. And um, that SLA, salespeople are definitely experienced in having a quota, right? They all understand that they have to hit their quota. They're less uh, excited about calling uh, a lead four times because they'll say what you said, I've already called that lead, right? And sometimes it's they don't know what to say or they're not having the right approach, right? So the, uh, when I call somebody and they're saying, I'm just calling for educational um, information, I downloaded the ebook, but I haven't read it yet. Uh, I'm just early in the process. I go, great, my name is Dan, right? I'm here to help, right? What can I do to help? Can I explain to you what's in the ebook? Can I um, show you a little video? Do you uh, want follow-up information? And uh, when you're ready to move to the next step, I'm ready to be there, right? You have complete control. That, like, freaks them out. They're like, what do you mean you have complete control? I go, I am interested in only helping you when you're ready to help. I want to rise like a genie from the keyboard exactly when you're ready to go, right? And I don't want to bother you other than that because you're busy with life, right? So to do that, boom, you need a little cooperation. Right, and the cooperation, uh, what you're going to bring to the sales organization is a couple of things. First of all, everybody needs what we call lead intelligence. Anybody know lead intelligence in the audience? Okay, very good. What's lead intelligence? Uh, having that foresight of your industry, your customers, knowing the things that tick their buttons. That's very good. That's their buyer persona. We drill that all the way down to the individual. So I need to know, is it Tanya? Adrian. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, I remember the Arkansas thing. I don't know how I got Tanya in my brain, but Adrian, very good. You have to bring that down to the individual person. I need to know that you're from Arkansas and have been in uh, London for 15 years. I need to know that you've come back to the website five times right? Uh, you're a nice person, and you might not be overt, but if I know you've come back to the website 47 times, looked at these things, avoided these things, opened these emails, watched this video, but just for the first 30 seconds, now I'm empowered. I can say, Adrian, I see that you open this email. I see you ignore this email. It seems like you're at this part of the process, and I can immediately tailor my approach to exactly what you want, right? That is huge, because that's exactly what you want. If I don't have that, Right? I'm at a huge disadvantage. Right, Only 2% of people in the UK have that lead intelligence on all the leads. If you're using the HubSpot CRM, you got it. Right, It goes right into the contact. You don't have to do anything. You have all of that lead intelligence. If you're using Salesforce, many times you can get that if you're using the HubSpot marketing software as well. But that lead intelligence changes everything. The second thing is the um, lead notifications. How many people know lead notifications? Okay, so lead notifications are great because no one answers their phone anymore. I'm sure you've seen that, right? Uh, all of the voicemails that pop up, right? There's only one time when you'll answer the phone, and that is if you're on my website looking at the pricing page and the phone rings and you're like, oh, my God, right? And the line there is, that's not too creepy, is it? Right? And people say, well, it's a little creepy. <laughs> I know, I know. you got to, like, work it a little bit, but I'm telling you, it's a funny line, and people like, yeah, it is a little creepy, but I'm on your pricing page, and I have this question, right? Those lead notifications, uh, I think we were talking about when people open their emails or when they're back on the website. If you don't have that information, how are you going to sell, 
right? I don't want to talk to you, Victoria, unless you're interested in talking to me because all I'll do is annoy you, right? But if you're like talking and on my website and looking at a blog article, I need to know that you're looking at that blog article. I need to know what the blog article is all about and I need to call you within five minutes, right? If you don't have lead notifications, you cannot sell in 2018, right? You can, it's just like putting duct tape over your mouth right? It is really, really hard. The third thing is the meetings tool. And anybody use the meetings tool here? Okay, so if you don't use the meetings tool, the meetings tool it, uh, alleviates the juvenile process of sending an email around saying, can you meet on Tuesday? Can you meet on Thursday? Can you meet on Friday morning? No, I'm not that day. You know what I'm talking about? Right? You, you, I saw you gnarl your teeth, right? You're like, oh, I hate that. And then somebody cycles in on Friday and says, oh, I was on vacation this week. I can't do next Tuesday. And you start the whole stupid process all over again. You feel like you're in junior high school, right? The meetings tool, I sent it to you, and uh, it allows you to pick the um, time that I'm available. It'll only show my available times. If you have multiple people, you can only show the available times for multiple people, right? And the customer gets to decide. The customer gets to cycle in. You're giving the customer control, right? There's a couple of great um, benefits to that. Anybody see the benefit of giving the customer the ability to set the time they want to meet with you? Shout it out. Earn a T-shirt. What's the benefit of um, something like a meeting store? Customer gets complete control. You think they'll blow off that meeting if they set the meeting? If they ever blow off their meeting, oh my God, I set that meeting with that lady and then I didn't show up. That's horrible, right? Uh, number two, you're giving them control. Number three, the efficiency. Number four, in the meeting stool, they see a picture of you, right? I'm all about uh, the humanness. I don't want them to think of Dan, the salesperson or executive. I want them to think of Dan, the human being. It's kind of what Ian uh, was saying. Ian, you should have a little gorilla on yours, maybe, on your meeting stool. Right? And the ability to uh, start that conversation right, of being helpful by not having to like, do old kind of stuff is super important. All right, that's the teamwork kind of stuff. All right, so now I want to talk about the process because we know it's hard of getting your sales team or sometimes your marketing team um, like locked in. And um, it starts with buy-in, communication, and enablement. Right, and how many people will think it'll be hard for you to get your sales team to practice marketing? All right, so it's uh, uh, most of you guys are well on your way of doing it. Some people think it's hard. Um, so just so that you understand, this is the like graphic I was saying. Uh, there's still a difference in communication. So when you say, "Please send this ebook around to your prospects," what do your salespeople think? If you have any complaints about this ebook, please let me know, right? That's what they're hearing. I know, I know. Edwin, you're like a typical schmarketer, right? So you like understand what that means. Number one, uh, please work all your leads by Friday. They're like, all right, take a look at some of these leads next time I get bored, right? That's what they're thinking, right? They're just in a different plane, Venus and Mars. All right, this is an internal only piece of collateral. What does that mean? You can send it, just don't get caught. <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. They're just coming from a different thing. So you need to get what we call schmarketing buy-in. Right? That is, at the individual rep level, they need to understand that your job is to help them close more deals. Your job is to understand what their quota is, how many deals they have to either close either every month or every quarter or every year, and that you own a piece of that. Right? So it goes with the organizational goals to start and then the individual goals. Every salesperson in this room should carry a quota. If they don't carry a quota, it's really hard to forecast. Most organizations um, do. Right? They need to understand what you expect of them right? and vice versa. If you're delivering them leads, 
right, then you need a little help, right? There's a couple of ways that they can help. Number one, they can help you create content, right? They can just sit there and talk. That content, the things that they say all the time is annoying to them. And it's very helpful for you because that's your next five or 10 or 20 blog articles, right? Uh, they need to understand that the new way of selling is the follow-up that I've talked about, only helping, right? What that means for a sales uh, person is that um, you have to manage a wire funnel, right? Because the customer or prospect is now in control, it used to be we could push them through this actual funnel, right? And now it's not a funnel anymore. It's like a hairball. You guys know what a hairball is? Do we have any cat people here? How do you describe, Edwin, how do you describe a hairball? Yeah, it's like a ball of hair. It's like all twisted and this kind of stuff. And what happens, I know, I couldn't find an English like alternative, so I went with the hairball thing. It worked? All right, you guys got it. Good. Okay. So, uh, but it's, very, people start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. Why do they do that in 2018? It's much different. Part of it is the attention span, but part of it is that's the way our life is, right? Your boss walks in and says, get this done. Walks in seven minutes later and says, forget about that. Get this done. And you're like, what? I just talked to this guy, Edwin. I just was asking about demand generation, right? And that's the way the whole world works. So they're super interested for five minutes, and then they move on. That's why when they're on the website, you got five minutes to call because they're thinking about that. They're thinking about it right now, and in seven minutes, they're going to move on to the next thing, right? If you can call them and say, I am your resource. I am the person to help, right? Does anybody know the single most important attribute in a salesperson in 2018? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Empathy. Empathy is in the top four. Very good. It's dot number one. Listening. Who said listening skills? Edwin, you've already won like half the swag we got. So what's your name? Carrie. Carrie, do you want a t-shirt? Yes, please. Okay, clued. All right, listening skills. How do you know that? Well, everybody should listen. <laughs> Are you an introvert? Um, no. Okay. No, no, no. I'm quiet. <laughs> uh, so introverts typically make better um, salespeople in 2018 because of advanced, what we call active listening skills, right? And the number one thing, it's amazing, isn't it? How much does it cost to listen? How much product knowledge do you need to have to listen, right? What are the, like, deep training programs that you need to go through so that you can listen, right? And uh, listening is hard for me, right? I have to press the mute button all the time. I got a little squeeze doll, a little lion that I squeeze all the time because I've never met three sec sentences I didn't want, sentence, seconds I didn't want to fill, right? I just like to talk, so I push the mute button all the time. It doesn't say mute anymore. It just says M, right, because it's like... Um, I push it so often. And, um, but listening, super important. Because if I'm talking all the time, I don't have an opportunity to like, figure out what you want. Right? It used to be that you would connect and qualify on the connect call. Right? I would ask, right, uh, are you going to buy in the next 30 days? Right? And who besides yourself is the decision maker? And uh, tell me where you are in the process. Now I just call and say, what can I do to help? And the next stage, if you're interested in kind of moving through, used to be a product demo. Today, it's a discovery call. How many people practice a discovery call is the second part of the process? Okay, so a discovery call is all about them, asking questions about what they need. And then practicing what we call active listening. And if you want to greatly increase your closing skills, Right? You have to teach your sales organization how to listen. There's lots of uh, HubSpot active listening blog articles that uh, we're happy to forward to you because it's a real skill. It's one, first of all, not talking. 
That's either, either hard, easier or hard, depending on who you are. Number two, it's recapping what people are saying. Right? And number three, it is um, explaining and listening uh, and like regurgitating back to them what they uh, have told you. All right, so uh, you want to understand in the marketing buy-in between sales and marketing what is expected of uh, each person. You want to understand what the timeline is about. When I say call four times, I don't mean in four hours. Right? You call an email, then you wait 48 hours. You call an email again. Then you wait uh, 48 or um, 36 hours. Then uh, the last time you wait another 48 hours. So that's four in, uh, attempts in uh, 12 days, 10 or 12 days, depending on if there is a uh, weekend. right? And uh, that is the professional outreach that your salespeople have to have. And you have to explain it to them. We no longer use scripts. right? When I started my sales career, we started with scripts. Now you have playbooks. What playbooks are is a description of the persona a description of the pain of what they want, and it's a description of uh, how a typical um, conversation would go, right, with the result, right? No salesperson wants to be told exactly what to do. They want to be given a kind of idea of how they would use their own individuality and personality to get that point across, right? So how fat, what the timeline look like, how fast the leads should be worked. Uh, just so that you know, the SQLs, the sales qualified leads, Right, uh, have to be called within five minutes within HubSpot. Sometimes people will call uh, ten times that first day, but they'll only leave one voicemail. Right, they'll call within five minutes, but they'll continue to track because an SQL is when they say, "Do you want a sales consultation?" Right, that is a very strong call to action. That means somebody wants to talk with somebody in the closing sequence, and those have a very high closing rate for uh, HubSpot. And uh, how will we communicate? This is between sales and marketing throughout this. Right? Typically, if it's done, uh, the, the um, information is automatically going into the CRM and you're using the same code stream, it's very, very valuable. Uh, salespeople are typically horrible at uh, inputting information. They have the best of intentions, right? but they get busy. Right? Every salesperson wants to improve their productivity. Right? To do that, you need a modern CRM that automatically logs the call, automatically has the lead intelligence, automatically has the ability to set meetings, automatically has those lead notifications. If you don't have that, you're at a competitive disadvantage. And then you have to decide what success looks like. In most cases, success means meeting your quota on an individual level as well as a company level. All right, any questions on the marketing buying? Right? Sometimes when you're starting to migrate your uh, sales and marketing alignment to marketing, you'll pick three salespeople. If it's really hard, right, pick the three millennial salespeople that you have the best shot of explaining this to. Right? Uh, we do top down and bottom up, but we always pick three people to start. And uh, if they're the right type of people who are willing to lean into the technology and learn this stuff, they'll usually outperform legacy salespersons. The second thing is communication. My friend uh, JB Nicholson helped me with this slide. Uh, she's responsible for marketing communications at HubSpot. She sends out emails. They're sometimes one-off sends. She also sends weekly a digest, and she sends video updates. That's what they look like. Right? That's internal communications for HubSpot. That is awesome. It looks like it's external communications. We spend as much time on the internal communications as we do on the external communications, including that video update. Right? And then we hold marketing meetings. Right? Um, there is all sales and all marketing come together on a regular basis because you have to create that situation where people can speak openly about what's happening or what isn't. Then the managers uh, meet on a weekly basis to discuss whether we're ahead or behind plan. 
And then um, there's team meetings where we discuss the specific uh, tactics of how we're going to accomplish it. And then how many people are familiar with a wiki? How many people have a wiki? Okay, so about 30%. A wiki is very important because we uh, post all of our statistics all company-wide, right? Part of being inbound uh, is total transparency. And if our marketing department is behind, first of all, everybody knows about it. But second of all, um, we're very kind of overt about trying to fix that. Right, and so uh, we have a Slack channel and an internal wiki as a way of making sure that there's immediate communication so that people can um, uh, work through that. All right, this is a build slide that JB put together. This is a corporate sales playbook, right? This is what the marketing organization at HubSpot uses to enable salespeople of what they're supposed to do, right? So this is available to everyone who has key resources, it has views within the CRM. It has um, prospecting uh, playbooks. It has an outline. It has all of the information, right? This is a really professional document that they've spent a ton of time on because the marketing component is very important. But we'll provide this to you as a template if you need it so that you can duplicate that uh, with your organizations as well. And then finally, around enablement, all right, you want to do uh, three things. Number one, grab their attention. Right? Salespeople are not process-oriented. They're very ad hoc. Right? Attention span there is like two or three seconds. Right? And so they're, off on, they're, they're agreeing to something, and then they're gone. Right? So getting their attention is important. Then making it easy to understand. Right? You've got to uh, feed them like a baby goat. Right? And it's not that they're stupid. It's just they're thinking a lot of stuff. They're uh, trying to do a lot of different things. So the easier you make it, it's better. And then you help them with prioritization. You tell them this is super important. All right. Any questions on that? All right. So in the last five minutes. Yes. Sorry. Um, just a question back on being intelligent. Yes. Need yes. Uh, I don't know. How does the audience feel? Yeah. I would agree, and especially in this last week, right, because of the Facebook kind of thing. Uh, I think you have to approach it professionally. I think you have to be very respectful, and I try to be humorous, right, which is uh, I can tell in the first 20 seconds if somebody isn't interested in communicating, and uh, I will say, ugh, it doesn't sound like you're expecting my call. And usually if I ug, how do you ug in a British accent? Well, firstly, it's because you're not European, GDPR, you know, everyone has to have opted in. Sure, that's true. So, uh, and it will be very cultural specific. Some countries, like the UK, will be more suspicious than that's right. That's right. But you're always going to be human, right? And you're, all, you're there to help, right? Most human beings, when you say, I'm here to help, are going to elicit a response with, okay. And some people don't want help. You're like, okay, I'm going to send you an email. If you ever need my help, let, let me know, right? Um, the only shot you have, though, is helping them when they're ready to be helped. That's why lead notifications are so important. And the first time you have that conversation, if you don't know their background, sometimes if it spans years, when we're talking about banking software, uh, some of these sales cycles are three years. They need you to know what they did in 2016 because if you go down the same road that they did two years ago, they're ticked off and it's your fault, right? You have to know that kind of stuff. That's just why it's harder to do it in uh, 2018.
right? And then it'll be super interesting to see another competitive advantage. If you have that information, it, it, there'll be this huge differentiation between people who are doing it the old way, which is calling ad hoc, saying the same thing to everybody else, and essentially uh, one size fits all. It just doesn't work in 2018. All right, so your next steps when you go back today or tomorrow align sales and marketing and the company goals, right? Marketers need to know what your company goals are and what your amount of uh, quota you're going to take. You have to define responsibilities across the funnel, right? So this is what we're going to do. This is how many leads, MQLs, and SQLs we're going to create. And this is how many times you're going to call that will create this number of uh, conversations, this number of opportunities, this number of proposals, and this number of customers that uh, will create this amount of revenue. And then finally, you have to communicate like a marketer, right, internally to your organization. Pretty easy? Still kind of hard, right? It's easy to put on a slide. You've got to go in and talk to the people who are kind of mean and grumpy and say, no, 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 there's a new way of doing things. Right? So um, two things. Number one, this is the growth playbook. Right? HubSpot is all about helping you grow better. Right? And it's finding the right um, customers. It's engaging in a human way. It's nurturing the handoff for sales and marketing. It's starting the relationship. Right? We don't really close deals anymore. We start a relationship. And then it's the delight process. And there's lots of HubSpot products. All of them start at free. Right? That um, help you support this process. Uh, also, the HubSpot Customer Hub, which is the customer service component of the growth stack, is available uh, starting in May, and uh, any of the HubSpot partners will help you with that. All right, so these are the free gifts that I want you to uh, bring back to your sales organization. The first thing I want you to ask them is, uh, is anybody's sales organization using artificial intelligence or machine learning? Right, you can take out your cell phone right now. You can grab uh, your Facebook Messenger. You can get the growth bot in either um, Facebook Messenger or in Slack. And what the growth bot will do is give your sales uh, team the ability to use artificial intelligence by asking certain questions right, that uh, are delivered automatically. It will tell you what, uh, it's a sales and marketing bot that will tell you who's buying certain keywords, Right? Who's using certain software, help you identify um, certain users in uh, certain geographic territories, and of course it's free. Uh, number two, if anybody needs a free CRM, the HubSpot um, CRM comes free. It'll always be free. And we have the HubSpot Sales Free, which will give you uh, lead notifications, lead intelligence, and a meetings tool. Right? If you move to a paid product, I think it's 40 or $50 a month, the HubSpot sales starter, but everybody can start at no charge to understand and get that competitive advantage. And then um, there's something called HubSpot Academy. Anybody familiar with HubSpot Academy? Anybody have a certification from HubSpot Academy? Woohoo! Right, that is great. All right, so there's now 84 hours, 16 certifications. And so you can go in, it's totally free. Right? You can give them to your sales organization. There's one called Inbound Sales, right? and that will teach them all the things that I talked about today. It will take them uh, two hours to watch, and then when they get the inbound certification, when they take the class, they should put the inbound certification on their LinkedIn. Right? Social selling is super important in 2018, and it really helps. All right, this is the book that I wrote uh, in 2017, available in 2000, uh, April 24th, 2018. It will help you explain to senior management how to build your M spot, how to practice inbound, why marketing alignment is important, how to lean into your customer experience. And uh, there are four books from HubSpotters coming out in April 24th. 
If you're a PR person, right, inbound PR by Ileana Stariva is an awesome way of learning how to leverage inbound for PR. Inbound content management is by Justin Champion, a HubSpot um, trainer, and talks about how inbound content um, marketing works. Uh, and then Brian Signorelli has inbound sales, right? And it te- tells you, it's a book you can hand to your vice president of sales of how to practice inbound through the sales process. All right, Brian Halligan last year named the uh, ninth ranked highest CEO. Super proud of that. Any um, Grateful Dead fans in the audience? No? Nobody? Anybody know who the Grateful Dead is? <laughs> all right. So uh, uh, Brian is all about big impact. And uh, Jerry Garcia, the lead guitarist of the Grateful Dead, they sold his guitar for $1.9 million. I'm reading that in Rolling Stone. I go, who's stupid enough to pay $1.9 million for a guitar? It turns out it was Brian Halligan. All right? And he took that money. It was doubled, and he gave it all to the Southern Poverty Law Center to uh, fight hatred, right, which is huge impact. I put it in all my presentation. Make me so proud. It's unbelievable. In addition, HubSpot today is all about inclusion and diversity, right? In 2006, we made a commitment to publicly post our diversity statistics, right? As the kind of company that wants to help, we have to lead. The reason we give you free stuff, we come on the road, we talk with you, we're all in to do anything that we can is because we're trying to change the world. And um, so 2016 diversity statistics were okay in 2017, right? Uh, HubSpot is now one of the top five tech companies in uh, North America for females, right, for gender equality. We have three women on our board of directors. Over 46% of our managers are women. And uh, our uh, diversity and um, socioeconomic um, diversity continues to grow. All right, if you like this kind of stuff, how many people have been to Inbound? Clue it, I know, Pete. Yep. Uh, what's inbound like? What's inbound like? Yeah, the 20,000 people all like this. All nice people, right? Incredible speakers, incredibly inspiring, and um, there's a discount if you get your tickets before um, May 15th. All right, um, so uh, you can connect with me at any point. You can email me at all. Uh, I've got a little bit limited bandwidth, but I guarantee I'll get back to you. Right? Uh, what was my small ask? I was supposed to ask to make sure that everybody fills out the uh, yeah. survey that you're going to send. I'm going to send out a questionnaire. Really what I want from this group, I want to grow the group, but I need feedback. Right? I need you to tell me if this was any good. No offense, Dan, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that English humor? Is that British humor? You know what I'm saying. It's supposed to be deadpan. You're not supposed to laugh when you say it. There you go. I need to know who you would like to have up on stage. I need to know what kind of content you would like me to put on. Uh, give me some feedback. We can bring in partners. We can bring in other agencies. Yeah? And we can bring in pretty much anybody from HubSpot. Boom. All right. All right well, so thank you very answer. much. On behalf of HubSpot, HubSpot Partners, and our ecosystem community, thanks for coming out today. Uh, it was a thrill to be here. Cluid, thank you for putting it all together. Yeah, very well. applause for Cluid. All right, I'm here. If, if there's anything you need, let us know. Brian is here. HubSpot agencies are here. and We're all in to help you grow your company. Thank yeah. you very much. Just one thing before everybody leaves, um, literally. The next event is going to be the 26th of June. I'm going to send out an email to everybody. We've already got about 40 um, companies signed up for that, so, so um, put your name on the list. We'll try and do it here. This seems to be a good venue. Um, 
Just get in touch with Dan and give us feedback, talk to us, and hopefully you enjoyed today. Thank you so much.